Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 660, air date June 24th, 2020. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. It's 9.30 and it's what? It is, um, today's Tuesday. Anyway, welcome. And um, as people are joining in, let me see. So we have people from Alabama, people from, uh, who else? We can mention where they're coming from. People from India, people from Massachusetts, all different kinds of people are here and we'll just wait for people to join. Missouri, uh, Washington, uh, Australia, nice to have you. Texas, Ohio, Arkansas, Idaho, Massachusetts, Vanessa Irene, Philadelphia, Australia, New York, great to have you, Connecticut, uh, hugs to you also, San Diego, uh, Connecticut, Arizona, Texas, Maryland, Oregon, Georgia, Montana, Lowell, Massachusetts, great to have you, New Jersey, South Florida, Colorado, South Carolina, Philippines. Well, I wonder what time it is there. Papua New Guinea, Georgia, Alaska, Atlanta, Maryland, Michigan, Riverside, New York, etc. Okay, Louisiana, Sarasota. Well, welcome everyone. It's it's a pleasure to have you guys. Uh, it is 9.30 here Eastern Standard Time. Today, what I'm going to talk about, um, I really get to the heart of it, an in-depth analysis on why a victory for us, for you and all of us, for, for the Shiva for Senate campaign. As many of you know, I'm running for U.S. Senate in Massachusetts, and this campaign has become uh, what I never envisioned. I mean, it was basically a campaign to really um, uh, bring out some very, very important fundamental issues about truth, freedom, and health. And the campaign was really, as you, if you go to our website, the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Fundamentally, one of the important points here is that freedom, the ability for all of us to communicate, exchange ideas, have open access to knowledge, real knowledge, is the foundations of a real democracy. And I want to talk a little bit about that uh, and the analysis of that, because that is something that's been essentially the human struggle for many, many, many millennia, because it is from freedom, we have the opportunity to really probe nature, to really probe everything that exists here through what's called the scientific method and really come down to very subtle understandings of what's going on in the world and truth. The other way of doing it is you shun freedom, you uh, uh, do not allow people to communicate, you control a finite set of people, control that, and you end up with what's called scientific consensus or everyone sort of agreeing, uh, you know, like the emperor has no clothes. You know, the emperor has no clothes, but no one wants to say anything. It's, oh yeah, you have great clothes, if you remember that old story. Um, so you never get to truth, you get to fiction. So we have the path of either freedom, which gets us the truth, or fascism, which gets us to uh, fiction. And from truth, we have the ability to get to real problems and to real solutions um, to identify what really works for our body, what works for our infrastructure, how do we create great societies. And from that, we're healthy enough to fight for our freedom. The other uh, approach is you have fascism and fascism leads to disease. And with disease, um, we really don't have the opportunity to really fight. So our campaign is really about truth, freedom, and health. And that analysis I gave you came from a long journey that I took place, as I've shared with you, to really take a systems approach to life. And what does that mean? A systems approach 
is really starting to see the interconnections. You see, you could have a lot of things, a lot of parts in a system, but it's the interconnections that really help you identify what's true and what's real. So if I gave you, you know, 10 um, marbles, for example, you could connect them in a straight line, a very simple structure, or you could interconnect them into a very different complex design. So it's the interconnections, a number of interconnections and the kinds of interconnections that um, determines the properties of a system. In the case of truth, the more you find those interconnections in a system, you're actually able to see the whole. So that's really the journey in many ways of what our campaign was is about, was really about this journey to truth, freedom and health, as I've shared here. And for me, this journey has been a long journey and that journey is uh, as part of our campaign, as you know, I wanna enable all of you to take a systems approach to understanding how life operates. And so as a part of that, I wrote a book called System and Revolution. My whole life has been dedicated to systems, systems of medicine, the immune system, political systems, uh, the caste system, um, you know, biological systems. Uh, I've shared with you, for example, yesterday, how glutathione has a very powerful effect on the immune system. Tonight, I may do it later, it's already 9.30, I've put together a presentation on copper, how copper affects our immune system in very powerful ways. But um, that's what our campaign is about. So when I started the campaign for Shiva for Senate, I never thought, you know, if you asked me five years ago, would I ever run for political office? The answer would have been a no, because I really hated politicians. I hated the whole lawyer lobbyist class. I knew basically they have a rigged approach but when Trump ran and he won, it was a disruption that took place. So I saw it as an opportunity to run because I felt there was enough chaos now that when you have enough chaos and mayhem taking place, it's an opportunity to use that um, events, those set of events to start to actually uh, talk to people in a, in a way because I know people are looking for real answers. So when we did the campaign for Shiva for Senate, you know that I offer this book, System and Revolution. It's to bring some coherence, to bring some truth in the midst of all that confusion, to define what a system is. And by the way, I'm going to be doing a podcast version of this, which we'll also be giving away. It's an ebook for anyone who supports our campaign. You get it. But I also give you a very cool tool called Your Body, Your System. As many of you may have heard before, this tool is actually a way for you to understand those principles of systems within your own body. Um, you can answer a set of questions. It's a scientific approach that helps you see what kind of system you are. That's this red dot. And in, in the map of what's called transport, conversion, and storage of energy, then you can answer a different set of questions and figure out how your system is off course. That's a black dot. And you can take this every day. It's, it's, and then you can figure out how you can take decisions for your life, the right foods, the right supplements, the right exercises to bring you back to you. Okay. So, but the essence of why I did this was for people to really start, oops, I didn't share that over here, to really start appreciating, let me bring that here. This is what I was sharing here. Uh, I didn't share this on the screen, but this is your system in your body, your system. By the way, those of you out of the country can go right here and get this tool. And, um, and then you can figure out when you're off course and how, do you, how to bring you back into alignment. But the essence of this purpose was to really understand systems. So what I wanna talk today about is get a little bit in depth to talking about the campaign for US Senate, why I believe it's probably gonna be the most, if not the most important event in world history 
that our winning, the Shiva for Senate campaign winning in Massachusetts. Now, I know that may sound like a little bit of a hyperbole, but hopefully by the end of this discussion, you'll agree that it's it, the Shiva for Senate campaign in Massachusetts has the most important, um, uh, historically, it's at a point where it's at a very important point in history that it offers a an opportunity for freedom, not only in Massachusetts, but throughout the world. And that's the case that I want to put before everyone here and obviously get your feedback. Um, and um, so why do I say that? Well, if you go back historically to about 300, let's say go back to even 250, 300 years ago, let's go back to how important Massachusetts is in many ways integrating East and West, why it's the epicenter of what I call the deep state of corruption globally. And if we can understand that, we can see why someone like me, who's actually one of you running here, uh, is so important. So let's let's look at Massachusetts. Massachusetts, um, go back to who really were the drivers of Massachusetts. It was really the East India Company, okay? The British East India Company, uh, one of the most exploitative forces in humanity. Uh, the British East India Company raped and pillaged uh, stole uh, uh, monies and and um, uh, from all over the world. And in the midst of that, they unleashed global trade. They unleashed global capitalism. So, you know, it's sort of a mixed blessing. They were the same people, uh, the British, who were oppressing the people in Ireland. They were the same people oppressing the people in Britain, all over uh, vast parts of Africa. And obviously, the same people who were oppressing people in the United States. So... That system, when the British East India Company existed, was a system of feudalism. It was not fully capitalism yet, but it was a system of feudalism, which means you had monarchs, kings and queens, and, and then they had subjects. And those subjects were people like you and I, peasants. And in that system of serfdom or feudalism, people were given some land, if you were, um, uh, you know, in those periods, a king... Um, owned vast tracts of land. He gave people some land. If they worked for him, he took about 30, 40% of it and he let them keep uh, 40, 70% of it if you work it out. So that was a concept of serfdom. You work for your master. He took quote unquote care of you and you gave um, the spoils of your labor, 30, 40% to them. Well, um, when capitalism arose, we had the industrial revolution, 17, 18, you know, 1900, early 1900s, you had the advance of capitalism and that resulted in a whole new system being created. It wasn't called feudalism. Um, the accurate definition, some people called it, was bourgeois democracy. It wasn't full democracy, which means the merchants who had us fight for them in 1776 against the British because they wanted to unleash a different form of entrepreneurism and government here, uh, had to give us certain rights, a bill of rights, a constitution, so we would actually fight with them. Otherwise, we probably would not have fought with them. And that resulted in creating countries uh, like the United States. So immigrants came here, people came here because they knew they could have a better life. My parents came here, I came here as an immigrant. Many of your grandparents came here if you're in the United States, or your parents' parents, and many of you outside of the United States, um, some of you had uh, ancestors who came to the United States, because the hope was that this country would offer uh, much more freedom. Uh, when my dad came here, I said, why did you come here? Why did you bring me here when I was seven? He goes, because of freedom. 
So that attribute of freedom is what gave America a distinct advantage. It, it had, you know, X percent more, whatever you want to assign to X, but that X percent more freedom gave America a significant advantage because people said, wow, I could go there. I could pull up myself. I could work hard. And that was really the American dream. And that's why a lot of us came to the United States. And that's what created the enormous wealth in America. Um, because you had concept of innovation, you have patent law, you had the United States Postal Service, which was created for free and open communication. You had the Constitution. All these amazing things were innovated by people at that time who were frankly innovators. They weren't lawyers. They weren't lobbyists. They were men of the Enlightenment, women of the Enlightenment, who had a very different approach to life. And that approach was that each individual should have a direct connection with their creator and nothing should be in their way. And governance was supposed to be something that enabled the the path to freedom. Well, what has occurred today, I would argue, is very different. Remember, Massachusetts was a center of the American Revolution. So if you were here back in the 1700s, this was filled with a lot of people who were loyal supporters also to the British. They didn't want things to change. And there were a small, relatively minority of people who were the people who had a vision, like the founders of this country. And they had to convince others to fight against this oppressive form of feudalism. So that's what you got to remember. A large percentage of people were still supporting the British aristocracy. So when the revolution was won, just think about those people that lost, the people who were the redcoats, the people who were so enamored by the king and the queens that there was supposed to be a hierarchy and the nobility and, and the rest of us were peasants. Do you think overnight, just ask yourself, do you think overnight that they forgot about this? Do you think overnight that they said, well, this is great, you know, we support these guys. So just think about that. By the way, if you study history, whenever there's a revolution, there's always the counter revolution, which means that people who lost try to get back into power. It's very important to remember, the revolution is only the beginning. The real win is when you destroy the counter revolution, okay? And I'm gonna argue with you since 1776, after the revolution was won, for nearly the last 200, 300 years, over 250 years, there's been a counter-revolution taking place. And the center of that counter-revolution has been Massachusetts. So think about it. This was the center of the American Revolution, you know, places like Lexington or Bunker Hill. A lot of major battles were fought here, which unleashed the Revolutionary War. The people who were fighting against the revolutionaries when they lost, they didn't get up and leave, okay? They didn't get up and leave and go back to Britain. Many of those people stayed here planning the counter-revolution. They were upset that people like us got rights. People like us got the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, and so on. People like us could innovate. People like us could file for patents. People like had the Postal Service so we could communicate fairly. They did not want this. Remember that. They did not want that. They wanted things the good old ways. So if you look at the march of history from that point on, there was, after the revolution, a huge set of big opportunities took place. But as we lost our guard, as we became less vigilant, those same forces, which I believe are centered in Massachusetts, the Redcoats, the Blue Bloods, people who think they're better than you and I, continued their war. And I believe the culmination, one of the big inflection points of that war was 2016. Now, if you take someone like Donald Trump, 
he was neither a Democrat or a Republican. If you go look back at his history, he was he wanted he was tweeting about revolution. He was tweeting about he was part of the Reform Party, okay, which was neither Democrat or Republican. Ross Perot ran against that party. So it was, it was not Republican or Democrat. Now, I think Trump realized that he wasn't going to get anywhere uh, running in one of those third parties. So he decided to run and hijack the Republican Party. And if you go read some of his quotes, he didn't have a lot of respect for the GOP establishment. Um, he knew the Democratic establishment well, how corrupt they were, but he saw an opening in the Republican establishment. And when he won, the Republican establishment, he looked, really didn't like him. All those people who are sort of kowtowing to him now, be it the GOP establishment, they put up with him, but they did not like his victory because he was demolishing a collusion between both parties. Whether you like him or not, forget anything he's done since then, but in many ways he made a great contribution to American history by winning and essentially dropping a bomb on that two-party uh, establishment. That created the opportunity for someone like me to run. So why am I running? Well, if you look at my background, if you go to my website, Shiva for Senate, you'll see that I've been, in fact, let me just go there. Um, if you go to the website, you will find out that most of my life I've been fighting. In fact, if you go to the website, Shiva for Senate, and if you um, go to the about section of that site, which I'm gonna bring up right now, and in the about section, there's a whole, back, you know, there's some photographs about me, uh, uh, fighting, you know, being an activist. Let me bring it up here. Um, and you'll see that if I go to this part of the site and I'll zoom in, you'll notice there's a little timeline here and I'm going to go, it says born fighter. Some of you may not know this about me, but I've been an activist for most of my life. And I'm going to sort of go back here so you, you can understand this. So this is, I, I never cared for electoral politics, but I have been an activist. If you go here in 1982, you know, uh, when I came to MIT, I was elected student body president and thought, wow, maybe um, this kind of stuff, you can do do stuff. And I realized that that was just nonsense. It was all career young kids. And then um, here's a picture of me challenging the president of MIT um, because MIT had investments in South Africa. And I felt that was not correct because this was a very, very uh, racist regime. There's a, here's a picture of me as a kid uh, I, I, I fought to make sure more women could come to MIT. My mother was one of the few women who ever uh, got an education as, as, as a woman in India is from a low caste background. Here's a picture of me actually leading one of the biggest protests and burning the South African flags on the steps of MIT where five, 10,000 of us marched um, throughout Boston long before, you know, so to me, black lives do matter, but I don't believe black lives matter really cares about black lives. They're really about a wing of the democratic party. Um, but one of the things I did, even as a kid, was I didn't want to talk about people in South Africa. In 86, I, un I, I recognized that even workers, American workers, black and white, were being screwed over by uh, large corporations like MIT. And I organized the, the, school, the food service workers to get better wages. Here's another one um, where uh, a friend of mine was jailed by the Sri Lankan government. He went to MIT. We led a massive protest to get him out of jail. And But if you notice here... I've always been exposing the liberal intellectuals at MIT. This is something I figured out early, that the liberals were the ones who really supported racism. They were the ones who were always for it. It wasn't really the you know poor whites, or it was really the liberals. Uh, it, this also led me to do many other things where I 
created a whole company to help artists go direct on the internet. When the internet was first coming, I saw it as a revolutionary force. We actually built, built some of the earliest social media portals in the world. Um, and you can read about all of this here, but here's a picture of me protesting against the war in Iraq. This is in 2007, pretty early on. Early on. So I'm sharing this with you because my life was has always been filled with activism because of my background from the caste system, but it was always breaking structures of power. Well, Massachusetts is a center of that structure of power, global power, because remember the Redcoats didn't leave. The people who live here in Massachusetts are some of the oldest, oldest money. They have a direct relationship, genetic and otherwise, directly to the British crown. And they never expected someone like me or you, we're the peasants, okay? We're the, uh, we're the deplorables, the untouchables in the caste system of India ever to run for office. And these are people who are descendants of the British East India Company, who was one of the most exploitative force in humanity. Remember, when the Tea Party took place, it was against the British East India Company. So there's this weird connection between India and the United States because it was tea from India. They dressed like Indians, the Native American Indians. It was on a ship run by the British East India Company, which was also exploiting people in India in the 1700s. In 1757, it is when the British occupied India became an occupation force. So there's this deep connection between the native indigenous people here, between the American revolutionaries and those people fighting against the British in India. But in the United States was really the, the seed of the future deep state of the world. Because when the Revolutionary War was lost, those people were quite angry. And since that time, they've been fighting, fighting, fighting. One of the epicenters of their headquarters became Harvard University. Remember, if you go look at the history of Harvard University, Harvard University was gonna go bankrupt. They actually exploited Indians even back then, just like Elizabeth Warren exploited them. They told, um, they, they got a loan from a lot of wealthy people claiming that they were gonna help the Native Americans. And they built a building using those monies that they got. And they never really graduated too many Indians, but that money was used to, to resurrect Harvard from a bankruptcy, something you should look into. So Harvard University became the center of those redcoats, of those blue bloods, of the breeding ground, of the people who had lost. Yeah, they let in some other people, but it's essentially the epicenter of the deep state. And that university, if you look till today, is one of the most exploitative forces of thought and strategy in the world. Harvard University is a home to Harvard Medical School, which is the university that pushes vaccines, that is a uh, pushes big pharmaceutical companies. Harvard University is a home to the School of Public Health, which today is now funded by, frankly, uh, people close with the uh, Chinese Communist Party who also believe in mandated medicine. Harvard University is a home of Harvard Law School, which essentially uh, puts out the elite lawyers, uh, majority of them who occupy the Supreme Court, either there or from Yale. You can look it up. Harvard University is a home to Harvard Business School, which creates people Many of them were not entrepreneurs, by the way. These people are managers of big corporations. They're not that smart, uh, the guys who go to the B school. There are more people who go to make friends there, but they run, manage large corporations. Very different from you and I who come bottoms up and build small businesses. So you have the business school, the medical school, the law school, the school of public health, and you also have the Kennedy School of Government, which is literally the training ground for people who join the CIA, the State Department, et cetera. So 
right over there, I mean, I can see Harvard University from my house here, is literally all the thought leaders who are trained here to exploit the world. You got to really think about that. When I came to MIT in 81, by the way, I didn't even know about MIT until two weeks before I applied. Never thought I'd come to Boston. So it was just this set of circumstances that brought me here. I came to MIT and there was a, you know, MIT has also become an exploitative force as part of the military industrial complex. But there, the fundamental difference was MIT, you actually, it's, it's less subjective, right? Because you have to solve a problem. You have to solve problems. Harvard is all subjective. 30, 40% of Harvard is basically legacy admissions. Whether your mama or papa went there, you get in. A lot of cheating goes there. But engineering and math, there's less subjectivity, right? You write an essay, someone decides. You do an acting performance, someone decides. There's no real objectivity in that. But in the field of math and physics, plumbing, electricity, um, there's some objectivity because if you build something that doesn't work, you'll know. So you have this phenomenon of a Harvard University, the center of the deep state, this training ground, which is based on elites where it's the center of the aristocracy. So my journey, as I shared with you, from growing up in the Indian caste system, from working class kid in India, uh, in the United States, played baseball, you know, got into MIT, did four degrees through my own uh, efforts, earned those degrees, started a bunch of companies. When I decided to run, I decided to run because I started seeing the veil was clearly removed that I could see Massachusetts, this area that we're in in Cambridge, is literally the center of the deep state. It's the center of the deep state. They never expected a guy like me who got all my degrees, Fulbright scholar, got a lot of their awards, would ever betray them. Because people like me, the golden boys of a place like MIT are supposed to be part of the establishment. But my loyalty was always to you. And when I mean you, working class people, I mean people who actually innovate, create, who run businesses, not to them, the, the lawyers, the lobbyists, the manipulators, the people who um, uh, don't move matter, but they move thought forms to manipulate other people. That's who they are. And this election in Massachusetts, someone like me, who's one of you, finally you have one of you, who actually has worked, who actually has not betrayed where he came from, running for office. And by the way, Trump had a big advantage, you know, he came from a lot of money. He was in everyone's office, in the uh, everyone's household with The Apprentice TV. Everything that we have done for this campaign, I have done, has been bottoms up. Everything, building my followers, putting out our content. Everything, as you know, I do, I do it um, with my own um, I, you know, uh, skills. And we don't have a mama or papa feeding us. You know, Everything's coming just like you do. All of you work hard. So this election in Massachusetts is really about you because winning in Massachusetts would be what I wrote in my tweet, a death blow to the establishment, literally a death blow to them. They never expect one of us to go into their blue blood arena. Massachusetts is the center of the blue bloods. It's a center of the red coats. They don't want us coming here. They don't want us running for office. It should be for the Kennedys, you know, the lawyers. I'm running against three lawyers. Think about that. They do not want someone like you or me running for, for, for that matter, actually coming up with real solutions to real problems, interconnecting truth, freedom, and health. This is blowing their mind. No mainstream media is going to cover me. The GOP establishment hates me. In addition, 
The Democratic establishment hates me. They're together, by the way. Charlie Baker, who's a Republican governor, blue blood, you know, takes selfies with Democrat Elizabeth Warren. They're friends. They do not want someone like you or I ever to win here, ever. They don't want real problems solved. They want fake problems and fake solutions. So that leads me into what I want you to understand. This is not, by the way, any type of conspiracy. You just have to follow the money as I wrote here. This is all about money, money, money. It's about time we all woke up. Let go of the conspiracy theories for a while. Just focus on this one simple thing. If you start a business, and I've started many of them, you work hard, you create a product or service. What are you trying to do? You're trying to take your product or service and you have to sell it. You have to find customers to buy your product or service. It's a lot of work. First of all, you have to make sure your product works, your service works. You have to compete with others. Then you have to deliver the service. Then you have to make sure you have good customer service. Otherwise you lose your customers. All of us have gone through this if you build a business. It's a lot of work. Well, that's what this country was supposed to be about. That's what a real economy is up. People struggling, coming up, creating great products, innovating, competing, so the marketplace gets the best. But they don't do that. What they want to do, the fake economy, the blue bloods, the red coats, they think they're the aristocracy. They think they shouldn't have to work hard. They, Joe Kennedy, who I'm running against, never worked a day in his life. Why should he run for Senate, a 38-year-old kid? How come he's already got $8 million in the bank? You know, we raised $1 million from all of you donating to our campaign. They were given all of it top down, friends, you know, corporations, et cetera. Everything we've done in this campaign has been bottoms like, like you do. So when you go and look at what they're doing, they run a fake economy. If you look at the entire contact tracing, if you look at entire coronavirus, if you look at the AIDS virus, if you look at terrorism, go look at all the crises over the last five or 10, 20 years. The deep state is running a business. If anyone reads the book by Mario Puzo called The Godfather, great book, great movie, they want someone, some people ask Mario Puzo, hey, what is your book about? And a lot of people said, oh, and by the way, let me ask people, anyone read The Godfather? What do you think The Godfather, the book is about? What do you think The Godfather, the book is about? Anyone? What is the book about? What is the book, The Godfather, or the movie really about? Let's see what people have to say. Deep State, Power, it's true. MAGA, okay, where can I donate? I can't do much together. Yeah, if people want to donate, you can go right to the website, Shiva for Senate. Go to shivaforsenate.com right here, and you can donate to people are asking where, where you can donate. You can go right to the website, Shiva for Senate, and you can donate right here. There's a big donate button there. But getting back, what the book that when, when Mario Puzo said, he goes, you know, the book, my book, I wrote the book because it's really about business. It's about business. So the extremes of business are gangsters and mafia forcing people. And that's the fake economy. But that's what he said the book is about. The deep state is running a business. They force us to play by the rules while they don't. So if you look at the business of medicine, or you look at the business of coronavirus, or you look at the business of AIDS, or if you look at the business of whatever crisis they do, they use fear. This is one of their selling tools, okay? They don't want to actually get out there and create a product and make uh, and sell it to you. They do inverse, okay? They, they follow a different model. 
they say, you know what? My goal is not to really build a real product that works and serve you in the spirit of true entrepreneurial capitalism. I'm going to force everyone to buy. It's mafia. That's what the Godfather is about, right? They'd move goods. They do this. There was a lot of gangsterism, you know, forcing people to do stuff. That's what this is about. And the blue bloods and the aristocracy, they don't know how to make anything. They're all inbred. They, they're weak. So what they do is they use fear and they use fear at different points in history to force us to get all scared. And then with that fear, they sell us something or they force us to buy something from them, right? No different than the kings using their military or their armies to force us to give them our stuff to them. And that's what's going on. And Massachusetts is the epicenter of that. So you take Partners in Health. Partners in Health, which is located here, run by both of the liberal elites, Democrats and Republicans. Partners in Health has a monopoly on contact tracing. Contact tracing means that on your iPhones or when you go to a restaurant or everywhere you go, they're gonna force you to track you, to surveillance you, to say, oh, because of the coronavirus, we gotta know where you've been and what you've been doing. That contact tracing, the technology, uh, the apps are gonna build, that's gonna be a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. Well, Partners in Health, which is an organization in Massachusetts, has a monopoly of selling those services and those capabilities. Well, how did that develop? Well, all of these mafia people met in Rwanda in September, and, uh, sorry, in August of 2019. They got together before the coronavirus. You can go look at it, it's out there. And they got together, be it the Gates Foundation, the Clinton Global Initiative, all of them. And they said, you know, we need to do contact tracing. They had their conference. This was their business development meeting, okay? And then they created the coronavirus. By the way, if you look at the Global Fund, the list of countries who funded the Global Fund, which was used to fund these conferences and now partners in health, they're the same countries where the coronavirus interest in a high correlation where the coronavirus hit. So they or reorganized themselves. AIDS wasn't working anymore. Well, 9-11 wasn't working. We needed a new business, coronavirus, contact tracing, vaccines. This is business. So these guys got together, the Gates Foundation, the Zuckerbergs and all these people, and they're one big incestuous family. They're all blue bloods, guys. They're one big incestuous family. They don't like you and I. They wanna treat us like peasants. So they organized a Rwanda conference. They then unleashed the coronavirus through their partners in crime, Chinese Communist Party. I mean, they're all one big family, crime family. And sometimes they fight against each other, no different than The Godfather. Go look at The Godfather, great movie, but it's a great analogy. And their goal right now is to force all of us with fear to wear masks, the masks and the maskless, divide us, you know, have us fighting black among white. But most importantly, it's about making money. It's about money, money, money. They will force us to do contact tracing. They are forced us to get mandated vaccines. And then they have their not so obvious establishment people who talk about safety like the Kennedys and the other people I've talked about. But the fundamental goal here is to force us to buy something from them. No different than the king forced us to sell uh, to give our grain to him, right? We had to buy from the king our protection. It was protection money. So they are forcing us through fear for us to buy from them their quote unquote goods and services, their vaccines, 
their contact tracing and so on. And the people right here in Massachusetts, the elite, the scientific quote unquote establishment are the ones who are part of their mafia. This is purely about money. They never expected someone like me or you, particularly someone like me with all those degrees, all those accomplishments to betray them, expose them and run against them. That is why I wanted to make the point of this talk that everyone understands my winning, our winning, this election in the deep state among the elite will be one of the biggest death blows to them, bigger than the Trump election, I'm sorry. I like, I like the disruption that Trump did, but our election, which is truly bottoms up, will be one of the biggest death blows to them. So all of you out there recognize what I'm trying to say. Massachusetts, Harvard University is the epicenter of the deep state. Those people do not want someone like me, someone like you ever winning a US Senate seat. They spent 10, 20, $30 million. Elizabeth Warren raised $40 million last year when I ran against her. I only raised $150,000. I spent 70 cents a vote. We got 100,000 votes. They cheated and they lied. They didn't let me on the debate stage. They got their votes, but you know what? This time I learned a lot. We gotta build this bottoms up. So those of you watching this, if you're outside of the country, you gotta tell people in the United States to support our campaign either through donations or volunteer. I don't care what you donate, but when you donate to me, you learn, but we're building a movement for truth, freedom, and health. Winning in Massachusetts is a victory for truth, freedom, and health, not only in Massachusetts, not only in the United States, but globally, because I'm one of you and you're one of me. That's why we must win. That's why we must win because Massachusetts has been the center of global oppression. Even though the revolution was won here, the blue bloods, the red coats remained here and they've been, they've been running a counter revolution. Our win, the Shiva for Senate win will be a big blow against their counter revolution. That's what this is about. It's many ways, the second revolution. So I wanna entertain you all to think about this, that this, is going to be one of the biggest upsets in history. And I want all of you to be part of that. All of you, all of you should be a part of this historic election because finally one of you is going to represent you. Imagine someone like you, someone like me, me in the US Senate for the next six years, I'm only gonna serve one term, hammering at these guys, delivering real problems, proposing real solutions, I mean, exposing real problems, delivering real solutions for the next six times, you know, the next whatever, how many ever days that is close to 2,400 days. September one is a Republican primary. The Republican GOP establishment doesn't want me to win that. But if I win that, I know I'll win the whole general election. So I need everyone listening out there to do a few things. First, tell all your friends in Massachusetts that Shiva for Senate is here. Truth, freedom, and health is here. Number two, if you guys wanna, if you're in, in the United States, donate to the campaign, volunteer for the campaign. That's what you can do. Tell all your friends about it. This weekend, if you are in Massachusetts, or your friends in Massachusetts, please join us. I'm having a big barbecue. It's a way to bring people together, to build community and boost immunity, as I've said. But if you go to the website right here, uh, on the front page, if you go down, there's an event. We have our Truth, Freedom and Health barbecue. Please have people join. They can click right here and they can um, schedule on Eventbrite. But we need to bring people together. It's great to do this online stuff, but we need to win on the ground. So that's why I wanna let you know, we gotta win Massachusetts. It's our win.
We have to win. It's a win for truth, freedom, and health. Massachusetts is the center of the deep state. They do not want one of us winning. That's why we got to win. And that's why it'll be a death blow to them. Let me take some questions here. Um, it's going to help to maintain a majority in the Senate. Definitely. Uh, a BBQ. Why do I live in Canada? Yeah. So anyway, anywhere out there, you're welcome to come on down. You know, please come on down. Uh, I don't know a single soul in Massachusetts. Well, RV Lee, if you don't know someone, I'm sure you know someone who knows someone. So you could be one step away. Okay. Someone says, get on parlor. Uh, thank you very much. Ritesh says, Dr. Shiva will win. So any one of you outside, let your friends in Massachusetts know, you know, everyone knows someone in Boston. Yeah. Someone said, yeah, I love a barbecue. Right. So please come, come to Canada and kick our decent Trudeau out of parliament. Yeah. A guy like Trudeau is part of the not so obvious establishment. He talks all this nonsense, but he's deep into the establishment. Um, Someone said a Fulbright scholar in the mass Senate win, Irma Candelori. Uh, yep. This is our election. We, by the way, we have amazing volunteers. Uh, if you will be live streaming on this weekend, by the way, it's on the 27th, but I need everyone's help. There's about 1300 people listening live right now. I know there's more people on Facebook, but we need everyone to win this campaign. It's our campaign. Um, let's see. Someone said, wish I were there. Well, Mary, if you know people from Australia, let them know. And anyone listening out there, you can go to Facebook groups in Massachusetts. If you're outside, let's surround the city from the countryside. Let as many people know about what we're doing. Uh, someone said, uh, are you rejecting money from super PACs such as AI PAC? Uh, well, I don't, one of the things you need to understand is that a, a, a Senate candidate cannot be involved in uh, directing money from PACs. That's illegal. So I'm not really sure what to say for that. Expose the central Rothschilds have 15, 14 mansions worldwide. Look, there's a famous picture of Jesus, you know, one of my great heroes whipping the money lenders in the, in the temple. It pretty much says it all. Things have not changed. However, we have historically, we've all made gains in freedom and the opposition, the red coats always want to suppress freedom. The more we get freedom, the more they want to suppress it. Okay. Let's see what we have here. Chain is strong as the weakest links. Stay strong. Thank you. Great, great thing, Dave. Yeah. So, so again, everyone, this Saturday, the 27th, we're having a big barbecue. But remember the importance of this election. Many of you know I, I, I share with you a lot of scientific content. It takes me a lot to put that together. I do that because I want to help everyone realize that the other system that's fundamental to our body is the immune system. The deep state, the Massachusetts medical mafia do not want to talk about that. I will. And I'll be doing a video. I wanted to do one today. It's getting a little late. If you guys want me to do it, I'll do it in a little while, or maybe I'll do it tomorrow at uh, 3 p.m. I'm trying to do two um, lives, one at around 3 to 5 p.m. and one at 9.30. If you guys think there's a better time, the 9.30 p.m. will be more political. The 3 to 5 p.m. will be more on medicine and the immune system and um, you know biology and science. Do you guys have any ideas on that? Uh, but I want to do two lives. I got to get... Um, Tomorrow, okay, I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, it's people are saying in the morning. 
Okay. Is a mornings better if I do my science talks in the morning, 11 a.m.? Is that too late or early? Anyone? Too late or early at 11 a.m. in the morning, I'll do my talk on copper and its power on the, uh, on the immune system. Okay. And in the evenings at 9.30, I'll do my talks on politics and a political analysis, if that's cool with everyone. Okay, that sounds good. Everyone's saying that's good. Okay, so tomorrow morning, someone says 11 a.m. Yes, yeah, so tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., I'll be doing a talk on copper. Copper is a very important element. It has amazing properties, which we run through Cytosol. And uh, so keep an eye on that. But in closing, all I can ask of you is, Number one, let all your friends know in the United States, if you're outside, that we have a revolution taking place in Massachusetts. It's your movement. It's our movement. We got to win in Massachusetts, the epicenter of the deep state. Those of you in Massachusetts and those of you in the United States, please let your friends know about our barbecue and what we're doing. And then finally, everyone, if you're listening, you are more than welcome to support the campaign. In many ways, you can go right to the website here, achieverforsenate.com. You can just click on the bus icon right there and you can go right to the front page. You can support our campaign. And by the way, you know, I don't like to get anything for free. When you support our campaign, I actually give you a very nice gift, which is this book called System and Revolution, which will train you. Uh, it's an ebook. What is a system? You get this tool called Your Body, Your System, How to Understand Your Body as a System. So please support the campaign. Help yourself. Uh, help yourself. Help me help you. Okay. Um, anyway, there you go. I uh, thank you very much uh, for all your comments and uh, for your wonderful thoughts. Thank you, Pamela. And uh, by the people, for the people, ex exactly. Anyway, truth, freedom, and health, that's what it's about. Let's win, win, win. Let's win this election. We have to win. It's more than an election. Thank you, everyone. Be the light. Let's keep up the fight. Saturday the 27th, let people know. And let people understand the importance of this election in Massachusetts. It's going to be one of the most historic wins in world history. Thank you.